That wizard came from the moon. Welcome to Purple Dungeon Squid, the podcast for gamers that toke. If you love the green and you love the screen, then you're in the right place, friend, because we're here to shoot the breeze on some dank strains and some video games. This week on Purple Dungeon Squid, Dan gets a slingin' and a swingin' in Marvel's Spider-Man. Andy is posted up like a medicated retiree in Florida. Hyperlight Drifter saunters onto the Switch. Streets of Rage 4 announced, and we're beating our collective meat back into the past. We see what happens when you eat an unreasonable amount of CBD. High Times tells us how long weed is good for. And Andy dips his toes in some good old-fashioned skateboarding video games. We'll also be settling in for our smoke sesh with our... Slightly unorthodox tincture and gummy bear of the week, so stick around for that because it's going to be a damn good time. I'm your host, Andy, and with me as always, the one, the only, he peaked at 12, Dank Dan. Hold on, Andy. My purple dungeon squid senses are tingling. I think a podcast is approaching. I think it is. It's approaching on the starboard bound, my friend. You know, Andy, you touched me deeply there when you said that I peaked at 12. Because well, when peaking I was, at twelve can mean a lot of things. When I was, can 12, mean that your volume is peaking at twelve. That yeah, like Not decibels. Just... Um, when I was twelve, I had an eight pack, and then oh, and then, you did peak at twelve, man. Doritos, 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 became a, an element in my universe. Doritos and Dr Pepper, and I've never quite got back into that bubble. That eight pack, yeah, dude. What are you going to do, man? That eight-pack bubble is elusive, and it only sticks around for like five minutes, and then it's gone. Now, I never actually hit the eight-pack bubble. I hit the one-pack bubble, and I stayed there for a long time. And what it's a bubble aptly named. What was your pack packed with? Um, well, it was more of a snack pack than a six-pack. You know what I I'm saying? saying? Yeah, it's kind of like a peanut butter and uh, cracker situation. Yeah, it's like the nice, the nice snack your, your mommy packs in your lunch bag and, you know, grade, grade four. This is the and it never really changed of human beauty because the amount of effort it takes to have an eight pack abs, it's not worth it. Like, let's all just no. be clear right now. Like, certainly does, not. Does an eight pack ab look great? It does. It looks wonderful. Brad Pitt and Fight Club is tore up from the floor up. But the, the amount of suffering, like you, you listen to the Marvel superheroes talk about their boiled chicken slurries that they drink daily. And you can see... In their eyes, the pain. <laughs> you can see, you can see the whole, the whole light of humanity. The the beacon of hope that guides us all has has swiftly faded from from their view. They're like, um, you, you know, know everything that, uh, that has joy in it. You can't have that, and and understand no, no. that when when Thor, when Mister Chris Hemsworth uh, obtains his his eight pack abs, it, there's several million dollars attached to that as well, and he's still like, he's like, honestly, almost a no. Almost a total no. <laughs> it's funny, man. Like I was looking up The Rock as one does recently, 
because um, you know I'm an advocate for good health. Let's let's yeah. start there. You know, certainly an advocate for good health, good eating, healthy lifestyle. Still got a dad bod, but hey, what are you going to do? That's what happens when you know you smoke a little weed and you play some video games. But um, by the way, that's what this podcast is about. I think, right, Dan? Yeah, it's not about eight pack abs. <laughs> No, the last, yeah, uh, woefully underqualified, I mean, barely qualified to talk about weed and video games, definitely not qualified for eight packs, but I was, I was standing at a trade show booth a couple weeks ago in in Vegas and, um, this couple came up and this couple was like, like South beach kind of shit. You know what I'm saying? They rolled in girls tan. She's like 50, maybe 45, 50. He's like same age. And they look good, man. They look like like I've never looked, certainly. Uh, tanned, like shredded at the peak of their existence. They're happy. They're moving. Um, and, you know, at, at one point I, I asked, I said, you guys look fantastic. What, uh, what did it take? And all of a sudden, like all of the light just left their faces. And the man just said, I just, we don't really eat anything anymore. And we just exercise all the time. And that's all. I was like, oh. <laughs> like you're appearing into the heart of darkness. Now, um, I have done one of the riskiest Googles I ever have, and I typed in the rock abs, and, and I have been greeted with quite a bit of man skin here. And even, even the rock, he's got to drop down to quite a slender the rock figure to get the abs out. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put something out there, Andy. Where the, the abs were never meant to be a muscle that's seen. It's the, it's, no. it's, they're the muscles that live in your stomach. Andy, how much lifting have you done with your stomach? Well, maybe more than most. <laughs> Listen, man, getting up off the recliner, you know, to go grab a snack halfway through the, uh, you know, through the evening's destiny run. That's, mm. that's what you need those abs for. That's practical application right there. Yeah, I know. I, and I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. And as they say, abs are made in the kitchen, but you know what I'd rather make in the chick kitchen? Some ribs. Uh, yeah, man. Some ribs. Uh, baked, twice baked potato because once is not enough. Got to get um, in there two times. Spr- yeah. Sp- sprinkle some bacon bits in there. Hallelujah. You know, uh, just one last aside on the dietary thing. The Rock eats like $1,500 worth of tilapia a week. Oh, so yeah. that was pretty much it. I was there. I was like, you know what? I'm going to do what The Rock does. I'm going to be The Rock. I'm going to look like The Rock. This was like Saturday afternoon, 3 p.m. By 3.15, I had whole... Whole hog backed away from that proposition. He eats like $1,500 of tilapia. He exercises for like four hours a day. When he's not exercising, he's running. When he's not running, he's beating things up. It's a, it's a real existence for that man. You know, and he's an inspirational character, all the power to him. Um, you know, he, he's to be, once you over, get past like your one of your, like your natural state of weight and muscle tone, you, you have, you get to this point where like people talk about it. They're like, I can't eat enough chicken, so I'm like blending chicken with water and drinking a chicken slurry, which it, that's how you know you've gone too far, right? Yeah, you've gone past the yeah, you've gone past the. And do you, you smell what the rock's cooking, Dan? Because it's fucking tilapia, my friend. It is fucking that's tilapia. That's what that is. Now, to give you an idea, <laughs> uh, 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 Dwayne the Rock Johnson is 118 kilograms, which makes him a big fucking man. Brock Lesnar yeah, a big guy. is 130 kilograms. Wow. And wow. He's, he is slightly shorter than The Rock. Wow. 
All right. Well, um, welcome to the Purple Dungeon Squid, guys. If you haven't uh, been with us before, we don't often talk about <laughs> things of the dietary nature. Don't know how we got on this one. Oh, Dan peaked at 12. I mean, fact. Let's move on. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we typically talk about weed and video games. This is going to be a little bit of a, of a, of a, a rapid fire episode because I want to get right to the heart of the meat. And that's, uh, that's Spider-Man. That's the, the web-slinging, friendly neighborhood situation, isn't it, Dan? Oh, it certainly is, buddy. Radioactive spiders, hither and yon. But you're right, there's something else special about this show, because we're going to do things a little bit differently today, aren't we? Oh, yeah, man. So um, I'm, at a, I'm at a show here in Orlando, Florida, hanging out at the Gaylord Palms, as, a, as, <laughs> I, as, I, as I do, as one does. Um, and, uh, you know, I don't have access to any flour down here. Um, you know, I, sorry, I should say I do have some access to flour, but it's pretty scaggy, pretty bad. Looks a lot like it was browned in the sun and then thrown in a mud hole and then retrieved and smoked. So not going to be not going to be participating in any of that. But I do have a whole tin of extremely delicious CBD fuzzy peach rings. And CBD is, of course, as you know, Dan, the non psychoactive cannabinoid in the uh, in the cannabis plant uh, that chills you out, man. Have you uh, have you experimented with any CBD, Dan? Yeah, no, I've had some high CBD strains and we have some high CBD oils. And you know I'm I'm with you. Stray away from that uh, that scary looking Florida swag. And I'm going to do something similar. Um, I'm actually going to go in the direction. I have some White Widow extract from Peace Naturals. Now, this thing is um, high potency, uh, high THC blend. But uh, I am going to venture into this, and because of the time it takes for the latent effects, I recommend, and we have pre-discussed. That uh, let's let's dip in there now, and uh, right. And, so you're, you're gonna. We... Sorry, is it a tincture? Yeah, is it a tincture or is it is it extract? It's it's oil. Sorry, I, I meant to say, is it a tincture or is it like shatter? So it's 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 it's, uh, it's a tincture. Wow. It, okay, so you're gonna you're gonna sublingually ingest this shit. That's right. I'm gonna deliver it under my tongue, beneath the lingual, and where we normally yes. would have our our. Uh, our smoke session, we'll consult each other to see exactly what our at our astral possession is position. There some, we go. Some under the so Dan's gonna gonna get some under the tongue experimentation, and I'm going as one does, and I'm going to eat a shitload of CBD fuzzy peach. A responsible rings. a responsible shitload. I mean, you can't overdose on CBD. Now the tin says, the tin says to ingest two of these per twenty four hour period. Uh, to which I say, nonsense. And I will be ingesting 60,000 milligrams of CBD. <laughs> Andy, Andy, I want you to, to not treat this as a snack food. Uh, I know that... I'm like, already doing it. Oh, it's see, delicious. you will so. never find around mm. Andy's house a half-eaten bag of sunflower seeds. Because sunflower seeds are like a binary event. There's on and off. Once that bag is opened, they'll be crushed in mere minutes. And I... That tells to you, you something. I've already eaten ten thousand milligrams of CBD. Oh no! Okay, I'm, uh, and I'm going for I'm going for eleven thousand right now. Here we okay. go. I'm hopping mm. in. I'm gonna do um, half a milliliter of this business. Um, it suggests a quarter, but that's for people who don't know what they're doing. Here we go. Oh yeah, so I can describe the flavor of my journey here. Tastes like a fuzzy peach ring, exactly like it, and that's actually special. So this is by a company called Just. CBD. Uh, Just CBD is an American made in the USA company, so God bless America. It's friggin' delicious. And these little uh, manufacturing wizards go ahead and make candies 
um, that they infuse CBD into. However, they do an extremely good job of covering up the inherently bitter taste of CBD. So mm. I'm really pumped about it because I'm eating this. I've had actually their, their sour tape. I don't know if you've had that like sour kind of tape roll stuff before. Um, but they, they've got each of those sour tape rolls infused with a thousand milligrams of CBD and it tastes like the best sour tape you've ever had in your life. Similar to these peach rings, which are mm-mm good. I go with another one. Number 13,000 milligrams so far. Let's keep going. (laughs) No. Um, I don't know if I mentioned, but this little tincture is by Peace Naturals Classics. And the way it tastes is it tastes a lot like the flavor you get in a brownie or a cookie, which leads me to believe that part of the technology of making this happen is making sure it's decarboxylized. Is that what I'm saying that correctly? Decarbolized, yeah. Decarbolized. Right, heated um, and uh, activated the activated the THC through heat. Yeah, there seems to be quite a, a, a quite a uh, potential for delight in here. So I I do hope that I'm successful on my journey. And uh, let's touch in from time to time to make sure that uh, the oxygen is still flowing. Yeah, twenty thousand milligrams of CBD, feeling good. Andy, feeling can you, good. Can you go ahead and roll that up and put it in your desk drawer, away from your view, <laughs> again next to the Gideon Bible. I am just so relaxed, Dan. And I want to let you know that that's a good thing because I'm actually heartbroken. Can I share with you um, what what horrible shit happened to me about eight days ago in Amsterdam? Let's 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 go deep into your past. Yeah, so I was supposed to be on a KLM flight. KLM being that delightful blue Dutch airway where they basically do everything except rub your shoulders the whole flight. Bless you, KLM. However, their flight got seriously messed up in a, in a, you know, one of those, it's one of those airport stories, you know, very dramatic. I'm deboarding this plane. I'm going to miss the other plane to Amsterdam. I have to be there for a meeting. You know, I'm on the phone with Air Canada and I make it to the gate in under like, you know, 60 seconds before they close it in another terminal. So it was all very Jason Bourne, or at least I like to think so. Actually, it's a little bit, a little bit more home alone. Jason Bourne with a dad bod. Jason's more with a dad bod and a domestic flight. He's in economy. Um, but anyway, so I, uh, I was, needless to say, I'm pretty exhausted by the time this whole situation happened. I promptly passed out on the flight, which was lovely and well-assisted by a nice little batch of white rhino. Um, and I promptly woke up and, and you know, bright-eyed, ready to go, ready to hit up Amsterdam. It wasn't until I hit the very beautiful Airbnb uh, in in, uh, in in downtown Amsterdam, that I realized I had left my Nintendo Switch and 300 euros on the damn plane, Dan. And to add insult to injury, I got a physical copy, a physical freaking copy of Dead Cells the week before that I was so excited to play. It was a physical copy. I don't know if you know, but those are in limited circulation. I don't even know if I can get another one right now. I probably can, but That's a limited still. release, dog. Yeah, so I was so excited because I found it at the the EB Games. You know, the uh, the lady at the cash was so serendipitous. I rolled in. I'm like, you don't have a copy of Dead Cells, do you? A physical one? She's like, actually, the weirdest thing happened. They sent us one. I was like, wow, man. And I was so pumped. I didn't even play the goddamn game once. Didn't even fire it up. Still in the plastic. Locked eh? in, oh, God. Still in the. Oh, now, Andy. Just. What hurt more? Oh, the Switch? Or the 300 euros? It hurt because 300 euros is pretty much what a Switch costs. So it's like, like I lost it's like two you're, Switches. You lined up Switch and a potential Switch, your Switch plan B, you set them on the seat and you said, this is good. 
Holy Honestly, it was such a travesty, and it's so heartbreaking. And I've also got, um, what's it called? I've also got uh, uh, Skyrim in there. So Skyrim was lost as well. I've also got Street Fighter in there. Street Fighter was lost as well. You know, I've got my fancy little little colorful Joy-Con. I just overall rate the situation as a fuck. This is, and this is, hat comes to us. A mere weeks before uh, Switch goes, you know, online fully. So, does that mean that none of the cloud saves happened either? Yep, no cloud saves. Ooh. So my my Skyrim game is gone. I mean, like I think it's official at this point. I've restarted that game about seven times. I'm never, ever, ever beating Skyrim ever. I'm not certainly not buying it again. <laughs> <laughs> certainly not. They at this point they owe you a copy. Um, you know. Oh my god, dude! Is it like it's like a buy buy ten get one free kind of situation? Like they got to throw me some fucking Skyrim at some point. You know yeah, what I mean? At, at some point it's going to come free in a cereal box. So I think you're okay that way. Uh, Andy, oh, this, this leads me to At some point, ask, it's going to be part of every Canadian's right. You know, they're just going to mm-hmm. send you one in the mail. It's part of the part of the new conservative plan to get someone to vote for them. Well, conservatives aside, uh, this leads me to ask: um, Have you ever left any of your children behind? Or, uh, ooh, boy. I mean, I feel like I did with the switch. So here's the good news: it's not necessarily lost. It's just lost in limbo. Right. But this is kind of a real bear because here's the issue. There are two extremely good games that I want to play, one of which is uh, Dead Cells and the other which is Hyper Light Drifter. Never never mind the fact that I really want to get down on Octopath Traveler. There's just so much good stuff coming to Switch over the next few months that it's going to be hard for me to like suck it up for another six weeks until Air Canada has the wherewithal to find, you know, uh, a simple friggin case left in the back of us and like whatever they lose thousands people lose thousands of packages and coats and mitts and whatever the hell a day so i get it it's probably a bit of a process to return those items fine and dandy but holy mackerel would i love to have my switch back i'm probably gonna buy another one dan i'm probably just gonna bite the damn bullet what do you think well i mean what's what's the opposite switch back to your game gear or just gently wait the six years for the next handle console to come out you're like anytime no, no, now. i mean i mean they will they there's a good ch- i believe in my heart of hearts no no chance. i believe Andy, my 300 in six euro- months they're gonna send you a cardboard cutout with the with the switch controls drawn onto it and it's gonna say this is the best we could do yeah, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, you know, printed on printer paper. We regret to inform you, our search turned up, nothing. No, it's not. I disagree. I actually our search I'm turned it out up. There to the that universe. Glenn really wanted listen, to play Hyperlife Drifter as well, and uh, you get nothing. So here's what I'm gonna say: one download equals one prayer, right? Share right. this episode around, folks. Pray for Andy's uh, Andy's switch to be returned. One download equals one prayer. Thank now, you. Andy, as I'm consulting the guys, someone I, please, it does someone help please me, Andreas. Please shut up. Andy. I am reaching out to the spirits. It does help oh, okay. me to know if did you give this blessed device a name in your heart of hearts? Boy, this is some swamp voodoo magic shit. Uh, oh. Yeah, yeah, I did. Barry, Leave your judgments the at switch. the door, Andy. It does disturb the ether when you do bring your negative words into my precious space what did you name this device i already told you it's barry barry the switch barry as in (laughs) as in manilow 
As in Manilow. Uh, everyone, let's yeah. bring our hearts together and pray that Barry does come back to his, his true home. We pray. We pray. Yeah, okay. So before we turn into a church service, let's continue on. But, um, man, do I ever feel mellow? Holy damn. Let's see. I'm going to go for number 19,000. Here we are. Delicious. <laughs> Andy, you're, you're going to cross the barrier from, like, experiential um, maven <sighs> to cautionary tale. <laughs> Uh, it is ill-advised. Mm. Anyhow, so what have you been up to, my friend? I've been losing switches, traveling places. What have you been up to? Well, Andy, you know what I've been doing? What's deep, that, in, deep in my heart more than anything, I've been winning bets. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to hear about this now. Oh, you're Andy, not only are you going down. to hear about it, but you're going to be a part of it. In fact, someone would say that you're at the center of this tale. Lo, these many podcasts ago, you and I made a wager against your fortitude to complete a game. Andy, what game was that? Persona 5. Persona and I have to 5. Plead, I have, That's uh, There's correct. a couple of, So can we just shut up for a second? Now, Andy, Obviously, your, your I, weak mm-hmm. justifications aside, the challenge was levied. I believed in you. I wanted you to win. But, uh-huh. you know, fate intercede and... July came and went, and you did not, as you promised me, complete that game. And what did we wager, Andy? Mm. Uh, Yeah, I know, a full price title. A full price title. A full price AAA title. That is correct. Can we, we, like, come on. You could have gone for, like, you could have gone for, like, a title that's been out for a little. You could have been like, hey, Andy, I'm going to pick up, I don't know, Dying Light on Steam. 29 bucks. So cool. That, but that, no, you were like, so nah. I want you nah, to search dog. your soul and ask you, was the spirit of the bet to pull a punch for you later, or was it to treat you like a man? Nay, the man that I know that you are, and put the real stakes at it. <clears throat> and let's really okay. put it even stronger at your feet. What was the best thing to do for the podcast? And I oh, think God. it was to pick up a great new title. So let's all thank Andy for just really pussing out. And that put laid at my feet, Marvel's Spider-Man. So exciting. Good for you, buddy. Good for you. It is Good the air us. thin up there on your high horse. Good for us. I let's let's make it a team, because I couldn't have done it without you. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so let me let's just pause for a second here. Uh, let me let me go through the list here, the obligatory list. I've elected a champion. Does that does that work? Uh, someone else to, to defeat the game for me. They've already beaten it. What's that, sir? What are you doing? Yeah, I liked it a champion. They they completed the game before July. That works, right? Well, who's your champion? Uh, he's a, a very famous YouTube streamer. Go ahead. Got to Google him first, but he. Was oh, that's champion. not a good sign about the truthfulness, no. Andy. Did you win a truth telling contest two towns over? Is that how you hired him? I really want to go along with this bit, but I'm just so relaxed. <laughs> Andy, you went along with this bit in the way that a dog goes along to the pee spot that he knows he's hid. You slipped out of your collar and you ran around the house and I actually had to go grab you by hand to rub your nose in it. And it made it worse, didn't it? I don't, man, honestly, I'm just feeling a warm happiness. Associate 20,000 or 20,000 milligrams of CBD in. 
feeling pretty good. I'm starting to, should I call somebody? I'm starting to get worried. I'm alone in a hotel room, so if this if this recording does go dead, please do call someone. But yes, I did lose the bet. I did, indeed, I do have to pay for your copy of Spider-Man, but I'm excited about it because you're going to tell us, you're going to tell us all about how good it is. <laughs> that was the excitement of a part of a man's spirit breaking off and falling to the floor of a, uh, of a, of a sweet little hotel room. You're not wrong. Yeah. And now for our sponsors. This episode of Purple Dungeon Squid is brought to you by Whedon Video Games. Whedon Video Games. By now, we wish we had some other folks to sponsor us. Maybe cut us a check, but for today, you'll do. Thank you for being there forever, for onwards, for always. Uh, And also brought to you by trying not to get in the pool when everybody's all like, get in the pool. Because everybody's like, come on, get in the pool. And you're like, uh, is it warm? And they look at each other with that knowing glance. They're like, oh, yeah, it's really warm. And you're like... Uh, but I, you know, guys, I gotta go somewhere. I don't want to get wet. They're like, "Come on, get in the pool." And you're like, "Well," and they're like, "Hey, Tom, listen, I know you didn't make it through college, and because of that, you don't believe in yourself. But believe us now that this pool is beautiful, and get in, and you get in, and you're like, it. This is fucking freezing." They're like, "Yes, I know. We tricked you." Yeah, yeah. It's never, it's never even one tenth as good as people have made it out to, to seem. And it's when you get in the pool. That's when everybody gets out for barbecue. That's you know, right. That's when you it's just like, got in. You, know, you just got in. Now it's time for hot dogs. Time for and shitty Costco hot dogs. And the Frankfurters hungry, aside, really. now the bun's wet because you got wet hands. You got wet hands. It's soggy. It's the underside. You put it down on the tablecloth. It peels off a little bit. It's terrible. Bad situation overall. Um, if you want to actually sponsor, I dude, we got like five other fake sponsors here, but I just. Whew, that's power. Want to actually sponsor the show? Feel can we free be, to email us? Can we be sponsored by your hotel? What is it again? <laughs> the Gaylord Palms. The Gaylord Palms. <laughs> no joke required. If you nope. want to actually sponsor the show, feel free to email us at purpledungeonsquid at gmail dot com. Until then, you'll have to put up with all of this nonsense. You know, Andy. It's also sponsored by, and let's say it. Your goodwill. Because all trash talk aside, you know what I love about you, Andy? You'll step up and make a wager. And when you lose that wager, yes, you may bitch and moan about it on our syndicated podcast. But in the end, you always make good on it. And that's why you're a good guy. Yeah. You know why I'm not a good guy, Dan? What's that? Because I often fuck your mother. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, somebody's got to do it. And listen, I'm not up to the task. Danny boy. Dan, Dan, Dan. We're up to 22,000 milligrams of CBD. Andy, I mean, I feel like I feel like you're really tempting fate with this thing. <laughs> you can't overdose on CBD, I don't think. I mean, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, uh, kids, you know, just people used to say you can't kids. die from drinking water, but, I mean, once you yeah, drink 10 humans liters... Humans over the age of 19, 21, whatever the age limit is, some age of majority, depending on your district... Your legal jurisdiction, under which you are uh, age appropriate to listen to the Purple Dungeon Squid, do not do not try it at home. Don't do that. Bad Be smart. Advice. Be smart. Make good choices. Don't um, do what Andy don't did. Yes. So listen, Dan. I want to tell you a little bit about what I've been playing, and you know, I've been in this Charlie Brown esque zone of of sadness since my Switch left me. 
or I should take responsibility of that since I fucking left my switch on an airplane. And, you know, I've, I've had nothing else to kind of curl back into. I didn't want to turn on my PS4. I'm like, I'm like out of this gen for the, for the next, let's call it five days. Just need to take a little breather, you know, get some space, find out who I really am. And for that, I went back to my roots, back to the PS2. Back to a game that brought um, some serious joy into my life, and I think a couple other people too. That's Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3, the arcade skateboarding game of all skateboarding games. I want to take you back to a time, Danny boy. Back in 2000, what, 5? 2006, maybe? Back when we were all playing skateboarding video games where they were all the rage. And you know what? We haven't heard much about them since, like, I want to say... 2015 was when Skate 3 came out, uh, which was a solid three years ago. I'm pretty sure it was it was decently reviewed, but it wasn't particularly hyped. Just missed um, the and boat, skateboarding, maybe. yeah, skateboarding games have kind of died out since then. And so, what do you think that is? What do you think it is about skateboarding games that they've fallen out of vogue? I, I think it's because they done did the damn thing, and I'll explain. And and brace yourself, Tony Hawk 3 came out. October 28th, 2001. Wow, did I play it that long ago? Damn. Wow, damn, what a throwback, right? But here's what I mean when they did they 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 do that they've done the damn thing. It's like it's like uh, uh you know NBA 2K or whatever it is. Once you make a really 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 good basketball game, there'd almost be no reason to make another one except for the fact that the rosters change every year. The uniforms change. Everything changes. But the you know the the pro skating roster doesn't change quite as much. And Tony Hawk, I think, made a kind of peak uh, where you can only grind so hard. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I, I feel you. You know, I mean, um, as the games wore on, there were more and more gimmicks. You know, Tony Hawk Pro Skater Five was was really poorly reviewed, and that was kind of the nail in the coffin in that series. Um, but, you know, and, and of course, the games were very arcadey. They were meant to appeal to the masses, right? They weren't legitimate. I shouldn't say legitimate, but they weren't um, hobbyist skateboard games. They were games where, you know, you went off a ramp, you pressed a couple combo buttons, and you tried to time it before you landed, right? They were games where you were not just trying to pull off good lines, which is the skateboarding equivalent of, you know... Um, well, I don't think there's an equivalent. I think it's just a series of tricks, you know, done to impress. Uh, in lieu of that, you're, you know, grinding on giant bubbling furnaces and, you know, finding hidden videotapes and trying to collect, you know, five letters in a level. And, and a lot of that is, is kind of, uh, you know, it, it was a cool game because it allowed you to, to do what kind of felt like finding Easter eggs in a game does it gives you that that feeling of satisfaction when you finally puzzle out exactly how many ollies to grinds to you know big air tricks you need to do to reach that hidden ledge where you can get the e from skate and finish that objective you know that's what's good about tony hawk pro skater three is that you're chaining together stuff it feels intuitive and you're also finding these little secrets in the in the level that being said did you ever play skate i didn't play skate so once upon a time, I had an Xbox 360, um, you know, back when I was still kind of into Microsoft consoles and, and I, I bought Skate and I wanted to get into it pretty hard. You know, I loved the idea of a skateboarding simulator. It was joystick based. It, you know, was based more in realism. It wasn't quite as arcadey. And Skate, the original one was very well received. It was well received by the masses, right? 
Um, I didn't play it that long, if I'm being totally honest. You know, I, I, I probably sunk four or five hours into it and decided it was maybe a little too deep for me. Um, so, you know, returning to Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 has felt like a lot of fun. Like, I've, I've cleared out the first level, which took me a lot longer than I expected to. Um, but, you know, I've cleared out the first level, done all the challenges there. It's the foundry, and I've moved on to the next. And, you know, I'm spending a lot of time just sitting around in those familiar levels, going off of ramps and trying to chain together big combos. And there's a really cool mechanism in Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 um, where you can revert, which allows you to, as you come off of a ramp, hit the R2 button, flip your board around, and then you can move into like a, like a, a, um, a manual uh, mm-hmm. which is when you tilt your board forward. And so you can chain together doing like a big air trick with a grind if, you're, if you've got the finesse to do it, and you can put together these really super huge combos. And again, it's not particularly realistic. Um, it's very much arcadey, but for the time, that was like the peak of it. I don't know if a game like that, though, would, other than in a retro sense, like the way that I'm playing it now, enjoying those mechanisms for what they are, I don't think a game like that could have commercial success, you know? I know what you mean. And, you know, it's funny because it kind of tracked with what uh, the evolution 20, 23, in the pros. Going for 23,000. Beautiful. And the pro skating world was doing. Guys like Killian Murphy were starting to chain manuals into other tricks. And if... If you ever want to see some of the, the best skateboarding that you've ever seen, go ahead and throw to the YouTube's uh, Killian Murphy uh, Escape Escalation. Uh, great videography put together with some just mind-bending, just next-level tricks, especially for the time, but they still might crush your skull, your skull. Yeah, I think the heat came out of the skateboarding genre, especially because by the time Tony Hawk 5 came out, it seemed like the studio wanted to cash it in without putting the work in the, the controls are clunky the moves were the, they, they didn't flow into each other and it almost seemed to be a step back and you saw that with a couple of the iteration like there was some lazy programming going on and it, it was like Activision was just trying to cash a check and and you know for a franchise that I'm thinking in this case the franchise license was running out so they were in a rush to publish was which Tony Hawk was it that they literally published with a nearly blank disc because they were under such a deadline. It might I, have been, I couldn't tell you. It might have been Maybe five. Under, one of the underground titles, or was it five? Yeah, I don't, I don't or know. Or it might have been you on know, one of the I underground titles. By the, right. time five, by the time five came out, like I just I was out of Tony Hawk, right? Um, but it, it very well may have been. Yeah, I, I think that I think that it's it's very true that that, that, core, that game series, there's not a lot to iterate on, right? You could bring Tony Hawk back. And I think that you could be successful bringing Tony Hawk back with like some improved graphics, you know, do some nostalgia stuff, get some of that old mid to early to sorry, early to mid 2000s, you know, um, pop punk and, and whatever new metal for the uh, for the nostalgia. Right. But I don't think that, you know, it's it's going to have the level of commercial success that you'd want. That being said, there's another game. And I just before we go into Spider-Man, I want to talk about it. And I've been reading up on it through this um, this article on Jenkum Mag. Or, and it's, it's about a month or two old now. But um, there's a new game coming out called Session. And Session is scheduled to release for early access on Xbox at the end of 2018 with a full release um, about a year later. And, you know, it's a Q&A with the game designers. This is, first and foremost, a beautiful-looking game already. So um, I think it's all in-engine art that I'm looking at here. And it's all very what you'd expect from this generation of graphics on a PS4 or on an Xbox. 
And it's a, they're deliberately going for a game that uses the joystick-centric controls of Skate. So it's not, you know, a button-mashing Tony Hawk Pro Skater thing. Um, it's like a dual stick control. Sorry, let me, let me put this back. It's even more in-depth than Skate. So they've gone for like a super granular uh, using your left thumbstick as your left foot and your right thumbstick as your right foot, no matter what stance you're in, um, you know, and if you know anything about skateboarding, you know that moving those feet in specific ways, for example, to ollie is how you make, make your board go. It's that level of simulation that they're hoping to uh, differentiate their game on. Does that sound like super crazy to you? Because for me, I'm having a hard time, under, and it's supposed to be a niche title, but that's really niche, no? That, that feels like a super technical game. I, I mean, it, I think this one's going to be won and lost by how that translates into fun factor and if it can tutorial well. It To me, it, you start to risk getting into a game that I've seen played on Twitch quite a few times. It's the simulation of getting a guy to walk. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if to get a guy to right. walk, what you had to do is like, lift the foot and then curl the toes and then bend the knee and then wrist lift like actuate the hip and then lean forward you know and it's it's just this janky seizure style version of making a man walk you know some of it you want to be assumed you know why don't i just maintain the heartbeat of my skater as well but you know if they translate that well into fun and you know the the tutorial really puts together and it's rewarding uh you know maybe it's got something yeah, I mean, again, I, you know, I bring this game up because I'm interested in it. You know, I'm really interested in the idea of it. It sounds cool. It feels like it would be like it's not going to be, you know, uh, press X and square to kickflip. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not what it's going to be. Doing a kickflip is not going to be a simple thing in this game. The, the game developers say say as much, right? And so, you know, you're going to be sitting there mastering the art of ollieing and mastering the art of kickflipping for for probably. Um, an equivalent, maybe not the same amount of time, but an equivalent to trying to figure it out in the real world. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it's, and anybody who's tried to master those things knows that it's an extremely repetitive, extremely long-term goal. So, you know, for me, I'm sitting here thinking, damn, maybe I should just learn to skateboard for real and we can start working on that eight pack, you know? That seems to be the proposal, right? N never a muffin <laughs> again and let's learn to really skateboard. Yeah, yeah. Put those carbs away. Go, go grab a block of wood. Um, but, you know, uh, a couple other high points. And listen, it's all really interesting thinking. Like, there is no scoring system in this game. So the game is entirely about just landing sick tricks. And, you know, that's super unconventional. Um, I could see it working. You know, I could see it working in the sense that I roll in and I don't have any defined goals. So I don't, I don't necessarily have to do anything. I can just skate around and, and have that zen experience. And... These days, that's something I'm more and more interested in in a video game. So, hey, that sounds it sounds okay by me. Um, but that being said, I can see if someone was interested in a more kind of action-driven game, you could get you could get into it and very quickly decide that the simulationist, you know, uh, excitement goes away for after after a short period, um, especially after you ma master some of the more basic tricks. And um, does it simulate you know, your landlord calling you and telling you that you do still need to pay pay rent? 
let's not generalize skateboarders. They're all old and pay rent now, man. <laughs> like we're they're all not, there. They're not all old. I mean, all ages. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Like honestly, man, the skateboarding generation was like, you know, your generation, early '80s, you know, to to like early '90s was when that shit was super hot. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. now, now it's still a thing. Obviously, people still skateboard, but it's certainly not as popular as it was as those people matured and you know went through high school and university. So. You know, it's 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 interesting to under, try and understand who the and listen. It's you know good time for this game to come out then, just on a demographic perspective, because most of those folks are either too old, too dad bought it, or uh, you know have kids and all they can do is play a video game at night. So maybe it's the perfect perfect storm. Yeah, you know, get all the fun without all the the broken elbows. You know, they also have a filming mode, which seems like it's maybe going a little simulationist also. So you can like, it's two player mode where you can film your buddy doing tricks, which by the way, is very much in the spirit of skateboarding. That's like what people do, right? They go out to a skate park and like one dude has a camera or an iPhone these days and the other dude's doing tricks and people are like, you know, taking video and posting it to Reddit. So that's cool. Um, But like, not only can you do that, they actually have like specific cameras you can use like this question is can i film with the vx 1000 or the hpx i don't know what the hell that is but the answer is that there'll be different camera types different lens filters and so on to choose from so like it's half skateboard half photography simulator i guess oh wow ambitious you know it should be noted we're we're talking a little bit uh before about killian martin and escape escalation and it's such a great uh, example of filmography that I know who produced the film. It was Brent Novak, and y- you need to really come together with both the 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 lens and the skateboard to really make it pop. So that makes sense to me. It sounds like there's a little bit of a meta element in this game. Yeah, you know, and they're doing constant development on the skate parks that they're putting in the game. Like if they find people, they're heat mapping this the skate park. So if they find people are gravitating towards one or the other, you know, they'll they'll close one down and work some construction on it. Like it, it feels like they're full on getting into like living world skateboard simulation, which is, I mean, damn, dude, maybe that's the future. Maybe that's the world that like you know some people that are our age and want to do that thing are going to do, but. It's, um, boy, it certainly is ambitious. I'm excited to see what it looks like. The final question here from Jenkin Mag is, where was it? I, I got a kick out of it. Uh, <laughs> actually, there's three good questions here. The first one is, have you considered adding the ability to chug beers or smoke spliffs in the game as you skate? And um, the designers uh, then promptly replied, that'd be dope. So that's, there you go. Um, second question is, uh, do you think you guys will get laid as a result of creating this game? I don't need to, I don't need to read the response. We all know it in our hearts. So, um, session, we wish you the best of luck. I, I salute you, my friends. Well, there we go. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So Danny, Danny boy, speaking of the grizzled streets of New York city and skating them, uh, you were slinging them. You were slinging around, slinging around while I eat this 24,000, 24,000 mark. Oh, God damn it. Show some restraint. Um, yeah, buddy. Marvel's Spider-Man. Now, so you delicious. Know, looking back through the history of the Spider-Man games, there are some great ones. Um, there are some stinkers. And there is a, just a litany yeah. of them. Andy, in your recollection, 
Would you believe that there are over 34 Spider-Man titles out there? What? There that sounds is, like a made up. Sounds like fake news, my good friend. No, it is the real deal. It is the real deal. There are confusing chronologies. There's Spider-Man 2, the movie, there, which came, you know, after Spider-Man, the amazing super Spider-Man, and, you know, there, it goes on and on. There, there are many of them. There's some great ones. There's some poor ones. But you would be hard-pressed to do better than this PlayStation 4 title, uh, Marvel's Spider-Man. They've done a lot of things right in this game, Andy. And say it with me, no origin story. <laughs> you jump into a Spider-Man who is eight years on the job. You know, uh, he's, he's, he's doing the, it for all the right reasons. He's, you know, got his ideals in order, but all the rough spots um, that happen from being Spider-Man for so long uh, are there. You know, the public is divided about him, you know, he's had his successes and his failures, and, you know, as you just start web swing, what, what you get is, they this game respects the lore while still making their own tweaks, and they've obviously gone in and really looked at the canon of the Spider-Man character, if you're a Spider-Man fan, if you've read the comics, um, it's got everything where it needs to be in the right place, and it's doing winks and nods in, in others, you know, chopping and twisting the timeline a little bit, but all to the greatest possible results. Andy, are, are you a fan of the comic books at all? You know what? Um, Spider-Man is probably, and I, uh, I don't, I don't, who, uh, don't say this lightly, but you know, one of, one of my, let's, I don't want to say least favorite, but he's not, he's not in my top contenders for, for superheroes I care about. Right. Andy, I'm a you know, man, I, guy. I, I get it. I get it. And you're wrong. The reason why Spider-Man's great is, you know, he's a superhero, but he's a regular guy. He's a student. He's a guy who's struggling uh -huh. with his relationships. And, and you know, he's, a, he's, he's got interests. He's a photographer. But, you know, I think what really connected with people is he could be a smart guy who wasn't the nerd. And that didn't mean he was just wowing the girls left and right. But he still had those normal struggles, you know. Um, I think he's maybe the most identifiable Spider-Man. Because, wow, listen, you don't need to sell me on why Batman's the, the greatest hero of all time. You know, I think for the average person to identify with him, I mean, that's a steep hill to hoe. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, uh, you know, yeah. the skills Would you that, that you learn. all of your nocturnal emissions are for Spider-Man or just a few of them? Pardon? Said, would you say... No. no, I heard what you said. I just thought I'd give you an opportunity to to not do what you've just done. Oh, you mean stick a fucking fork in my joke? Murderer. <laughs> Andy, if we wanted to hear about my nocturnal em emissions, we'd have to consult your mother. I mean, fair play. I won't flag that one. <laughs> uh, you know, I gotta say, just I need to take a small pause yes. and uh, and reflect on the fact that um, I think CBD and high dosages during a podcast, poor choice overall. <laughs> just, you, just made, generally, you made some interesting uh, timing choices, for sure. <laughs> I mean, now we know what happens when you consume. I think I'm at 23,000 milligrams of CBD, and well, I am very sleepy. Well, homie, very your liver can only process a certain period of that. So while you may have, in the continents of your body, have 34,000 You've probably only processed the first five, which is one of the biggest rookie moves is you've outpaced your dose, sir. Nah. 
It's like Take out driving out your headlights. You're going so yeah, dude, far that by the time that yeah. deer enters your view fit view fane, you've already hit it. It's already over. It's already done. I will tell you, um, and this is just to verify for all of those folks out there who are concerned about trying CBD because they're concerned about any psychoactive effects. It's common knowledge, but there are none. We should all be just real clear on that. No psychoactive effects. No tripping out. I'm just super chilled, man. Uh, may I continue unabated? With I, my... Actually, no. I wanted to ask. I want to ask a follow up question. How's your uh, How's your THC landing with you, bud? You haven't really shared with us. Is it uh, Is it settling oh, in? Dear, or? And I I I feel like you haven't been quite open with the group. Um, it, you know what? It's it's slowly warmed me up, <laughs> and uh, that's funny. Uh, over time, I like I I'm feeling like a, a heat cooking, but I'll be honest. I was actually I was not in a great way. I chose to um, uh, do a couple drips and in, in, instead of a couple uh, drags, because my lungs are a little bit gnarly right now. They're feeling not great, and in a corollary, my heart was feeling kind of not great. The the physicality was not quite in lockstep with where I like to keep it, um, a tight operational unit. Um, and well, you're you're an asthmatic, and so you know it's it's um, important to. Well, I mean that felt that felt a little harsh. I mean, I can oh, say I'm that sorry, word. Dude, I, just to, I'm, I'm, I'm I mean, sorry. I can <laughs> I can say that Excuse word, me. but I don't know if you can say that word. And there was a but really hard. One of my one of my best friends is an asthmatic. It's okay. <laughs> you, you use the hard C at the end, and that's actually what really got me. Andy, oh, it's the C. There's the hard have... consonant. I have what uh, I would refer to as a touch, a touch of asthma. Um, You've got a little sprinkling of asthma. Just a soup song. Just a smidge. And it just it brings up a conversation for it is <laughs> damn important that there's other ways for people to consume to consume cannabis. And so, mm-hmm. um, are you are you feeling that this is like a, a, an experience that's on par with smoking? Are you feeling like? Like, is it hitting you in the same way, or what's what's the what's the deal? Button Do I have deal? any other options? Those are two good options. Uh, I don't know, man. So my girlfriend does this thing sometimes. My sweet sweet lady, she'll be like, "Do you want chocolate?" Or no? I'm like, "Listen, I know the other option is no. Just let me get there." <laughs> um, you know what? It's uh, it's been quite nice. You know, whenever you're taking something uh, like smoke into your lungs. Um, it's gonna it's gonna have an effect there. I mean, that's just the fact, and all that's been present. And, and you know, I was mentioning a little bit about about uh, the the lung and the heart, and uh, I do feel kind of laid at ease um, in both those areas. And I was not sure that would come through with um, this this type of dosage, like uh, or this type of blend. Like this white widow is less than one milligram um, CBD, whereas it's nearly twenty three milligrams of THC. Um, and so far, and I mean, we're only 50 odd minutes in, so it should be landing. It's not too bad. And I, I took a pretty, I didn't take the 23,000 milligram approach, but, uh, you know, I, uh, I think I was dealing with hotter fire than your CBD party. Yeah, man. The CBD party is a warm bath. It's a warm bath that makes me want to get into my jammies and watch a little bit of the evening news before floating off to dreamland for a solid eight hours. And uh, for that, friggin' awesome. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. for podcasting, I feel a little smirchy. Well, Andy, let me tuck you into bed and let me finish telling you about our, our favorite wall crawler. So I, I do mean, have what, to tell you one thing, though. Oh, <laughs> I, wish, I wish that you would just throw yourself into the fine pools 
at the Gaylord Estates that you're standing in. Um, I do, but I do want to ask. I do want to ask. So I, you, I like the fact. I am intrigued by the fact that. And by the way, most folks that I've spoken to who are into video games are picking up Spider-Man. So it's clear that it's a phenomenon. You're loving it. People are loving it. The whole town's talking about it. Um, I like the no origin stories thing though, and it's it, it's it's cool that you know you don't have to go through the beginning of Spider-Man um, to figure out where you're at. But does it like I haven't watched the TV show since like the '90s. I haven't read any of the comics ever. Uh, so does it does it give you a good introduction to Spider-Man as a superhero? Introduction to Spider-Man as a superhero. Buddy, there are plenty of us who don't jerk uh, into Spider-Man. Let me me just just go and elucidate it for you. It's Spider-Man. It's like saying, like, hey, have you heard of this guy? It's Michael Jackson. He's got a little bit of a funny voice. Like, I mean, the thing about Spidey and the reason why you don't have to rehash it is Radioactive Spider, uh, I get it. Like, it's just on. You don't have to be told who Spider-Man is. And 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 they they do this brilliantly because they step you in to exactly what Spider-Man's about almost immediately, and and where I believe they should always start you is web-swinging. Everything about Spider-Man is cornered around web-swinging, and what it does is it beautifully introduces you to really the other nuggets of this game, and there are not enough words to describe how beautiful the game strikes you as you're doing that unique action of swinging Peter Parker through New York City and a incredibly accurate New York City. Um, the buildings, the distance, the looks, um, you know, it, it, it would, they could only have gotten better if they got every single character model of every human in New York City. But I think that would, that would oscillate between amazing and, and a little bit of a bummer. Yeah, no doubt. Hey, there's my, uh, there's my great aunt Midge um, down there buying bagels. But yeah, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, I can't really wrap my head around it. So, like, what happens? Does the web just, like, sling out and hit the side of a building and you swing around it? Or do you have the ability to kind of... Like, how does how does the swinging thing work? So, the, the games uh, over history have taken a couple of different tacks between your web hits a magical point somewhere in the air and then suddenly you realize you're webbing across, um, you know, Central Park right. and it doesn't work. In this game, um, they do a great job of making sure your anchor points are realistic you are uh, whether you can. You're. It's in your view or not. Anchoring to a spot on a building that's within a certain range, um, and if you hold on to your swing, because it works as like a, a parabola. You're, you're doing this pendulum swing. If you hold on to it, there's a certain point in it. With if you let go, you're going to increase your velocity more. Um, if you hold it towards the end, you'll be increasing your um, height more. And because of your anchor point, if you hold on, it will start to corner you around buildings. Um, and they do a lot of creative stuff that's pulled from the comics about the different ways that Spidey can traverse buildings. And, you know, I won't go into every single one of them, but, you know, he'll web up a building when he's doing a wall run straight up a building to slingshot himself up. You can do web launches, which is a classic Spider-Man move where, you know, you do a web to the left, a web to the right. You're standing on a building and you launch yourself, you know, like a slingshot. Um, right. He does web cornering where he's wall running, you know, horizontally across a building. And he's got to do that 90 degree turn. So he sort of does a hop around the side and fires and grabs a building that's in that direction and pulls him. And it does this all seamlessly. I mean, I think this is the magic of the title. Andy, 
yeah. How you doing, buddy? Mm-hmm. Falling seamlessly. Yeah, no, I mean, it's interesting to me because, um, you know, swinging around buildings sounds like a real treat. And you know what it also seems like? It seems like it's the ideal game for Easter eggs. Seems like it would be the ultimate Easter egg game where you can, like, swing around and find different spots to pick up cool shit. Maybe I'm totally extrapolating. Did they did they take advantage of that? Well, I mean, listen, there's the temptation to do that. And, yeah, to give you an idea, there are uh, Easter eggs scattered through the game. And uh, at your maximum level, you can unlock a little bit of a sonar to find those things. And I didn't realize they were there until I landed in this particular park. And ahead of me is um, a member of the Ultimates. It's a uh, dog that can do uh, teleporting. The Inhumans, excuse me, don't at me, the Inhumans. And uh, and it's this dog with a fork on his head, and he's, he's a teleporting dog, but it's a big bronze statue. And I'm like, oh, I'll just take a picture of that for fun, because that's pretty cool. And it goes, blunk, you know, Easter egg unlocked. And I was like, oh, there's, and it's one in 50. I'm like, you beautiful sons See, of bitches. See, that's awesome. That's because awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's like a it's like a free roam kind of game too. I know that it's a little bit more focused than its storyline, right? Like it does have a pretty defined storyline, but it, being that you can swing around New York City, I imagine there's plenty of stuff to locate and just cool shit to do. And for me, just watching gameplay of swinging around the city seems like more than enough to have me interested whether or not I'm into Spider-Man. Andy, features versus pitfall. It's such a delicate line. Because, you know, we've all played that open world game where they're like, go find all the eagle feathers. And you're like, what if I don't want to? And, you know, you don't want to feel like you missed the thing in the game. There are these things that, you know, almost feel like you have to put in there. And this this for me works. It might not work for everybody because they're fun Marvel Easter eggs that are wedged in there. And that's, you know, the value you get with just some amazing, thick, you know, lore that that fans are going to love. Um, you know, just a couple other quick touches on the thing. The game doles out its story thoughtfully. They clearly care about the characters. They get the nuance of why Peter Parker is great, all the aspects of his personality. They play out well. Um, you know, they haven't added any... This is what I'm asking you. You're telling me Spider-Man's a given, but it's not. There's so much shit in the world of Peter Parker. Like, I mean, again, I know almost nothing about Spider-Man except for the fact that he got bitten by a spider now he can sling around. I know who the Hobgoblin is. I've seen Dr. Octopus with his terrible freaking haircut, you know, and I know that there's carnage and venom and there's something to do with alternative-looking Andy, Spider-Man here's some lore evil. for you. In one of the most hated arcs in Spider-Man, um, Spider-Man had got married to Mary Jane Watson in the comics, something that they teased. They're the original Ross and Rachel of the comic book world. Um, uh-huh. and they get married, and then later, um, Peter Parker comes out as part of the Civil War storyline, uh, revealing his identity, um, and getting on the mutant registry, uh, something that the, the Civil War movie's based on, uh, in the MCU. Now, because of this action, uh, his sweet, sweet Aunt May, the, the woman who raised him, in the absence of his parents being alive, gets shot and killed. And Spider-Man's reaction, you know, the guilt, not to let this beautiful, sweet Aunt May in her, you know, late 70s and 80s, you know, pay the, take one for the team. He goes to Mephisto, the devil of the Marvel Universe, and makes a deal to sacrifice his wedding, his relationship with Mary Jane Watson to bring his aunt back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. One of the uni- most universally reviled moments in Spider-Man lore, and it's obviously the wrong choice. 
Yeah, so clearly the wrong choice. It's clearly an emotional faux pas. Um, but yeah, I mean, so I'm sure there's plenty of stuff like that. And, and this is what I'm this is what I'm interested in because I could take a I could take a stride into the world of Spider Man. But for me, it's less exciting and enticing than you know being the Dark Knight or or. I mean, really, it's just Batman for me. So, yeah, I mean, I'd be open to jumping into it as long as I don't have to know any backstory to actually care about it. Is the is the the main storyline kind of accessible like well, that? Well, this or is what I'm saying, man. You you don't need to know one single solitary thing. Everybody knows about right? the radioactive spider. That's fine. The rest is beautifully exhibited through Spider-Man's own exposition, which works in the comic. He's constantly sort of talking in his head as he's doing his thing. You really get positioned... At, in the everyman seat with Spider-Man, and that's that's the beauty of the character. He matches the everyman with the superhero, and you really get that persona because one of the things you should get with Spider-Man is his quippy one-liners, right? And that that's his like exterior shell of protection to sort of protect his enemies from knowing he's just a, a normal guy, and in the beginning, kind of a kid. Do you know what I mean? Right. And and that's something no, that's, that's missed, on, and they really touch on, like, when J. Jonah Jameson, um, who's like, uh, you know, the Alex Jones of the uh, uh, the Spider-Man world, constantly making up conspiracy theories how, you know, Spider-Man's in league with the bad guys, or he does more harm than good, when he's criticizing this 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 person, he thinks it's a, he's a fully grown man. And not a teenager, you know, dealing with tests and, and acne and whatnot. And, you know, we join a lot of a lot of Peter Parker's uh, journeys happen, you know, in, in college and whatnot. But, you know, it's a cool angle for the character. Um, so I'm going to rapid fire and talk about some stuff. Um, this game has a lot of great things. The story takes its time, but sprinkles in fun stuff. And, uh, you know, there's a big punch at the end. Um, there's some unique storylines in this, some less uh, familiar enemies, um, as well as some old foes that you'll recognize. Andy, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about the combat because it's it's a big part of the game. You know, this this is we're talking Spider-Man, so the fight that happens is going to be a big deal. And they put it together in a brilliant way. Think uh, Batman's Arkham, which I know uh -huh. you're familiar with. It's um, a good one. It's a good it, one. A classic combat. You know, when we were both playing that, I think we could agree. Uh, it's the kind of combat you're actually happy watching for an extended period yeah. of time. Cinematic, it, I would say. It's it's got it's creating those crescendos. The punches seem like they count, and I mean, we're watching Batman uh, break people's arms. Um, and while Spider Man doesn't break people's arms, um, he does kick them off buildings, which I was wondering about the arguably loophole. better. Arguably better. I mean, listen, More Batman complete. isn't above throwing a person off a building. Um, the uh, the seems to be the difference is Batman really wants you to think he's not going to catch you when he throws you. <laughs> right. Yeah. No. That's it's 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 a it's a it's a dominance move. I feel it. So I use I, that one often in my own relationships. Oh, uh, I mean, that's step two, right? It's small conversation, hang off the side of a building. That's right. I mean, Negotiation 101. Read it in a book. Read it in a book. That's that sounds like uh, the art of the brutal deal. Yeah, recovered from Guantanamo. Please continue. Uh, thank you very much. The uh, you know, and to answer that question is when Spider-Man does kick somebody off a building, they're webbed to the side of the building like a ways down, and you don't immediately realize this because I was like, hold on, 
I've kicked a lot of people off these buildings. What's happening here? You run to the edge and they're like, they get attached by a line and swung into the wall, which is, which is kind of neat. It's that's it's, the family friendly move. The game is saying, listen, what I, I know what you meant was throw him off the building to a gentle landing, not to his death. That's what you meant, right? <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So uh, just to put a fine point on it, it's got that Arkham feel, but uh, Spider-Man is getting in the air. He's executing some classic moves, the spider sting, uppercut, the swinging kick. Um, and he's, you know, he's using his webs in every way he should to throw, to pull an enemy towards him and pull himself towards him. It's all there. Everything you want. And some of that kinky shit, too. And some of Because listen, listen if, you got, if you got webs, you can shoot. Let's be real. <laughs> they've they've feathered a couple needles with this character, right? <laughs> and one is yeah, that I mean, he... the the boy at at pubescence is suddenly shooting web everywhere, and every movie that's been terrible has made that wink and nudge joke. I, I don't want to bring it back to the gimp suit, but I think we can all agree Spider Man's suit kind of a gimp suit. It, uh, you know what? You're not wrong. You're not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just trying to I gotta rack my brain for a second the full body suit I mean with the mask and everything in totality like no mouth no anything that's not really a mainstay in the superhero love anybody like other than Spider-Man I guess you can make the ar- ar- argument that Iron Man does that a bit yeah but he does it in like a in like a man machine kind of way this guy's full on gimp suit Let's just be let's just be fully fully transparent well, about it. And it's it's always felt to me like the big mistake. Like you get why? Hey, Iron Man, why didn't you uh, have a space for your mouth? He's like, well, first of all, have you ever been shot in the mouth? It's a bad place to get shot. <laughs> it feels like the RoboCop conversation. It's like I feel like in the in the reality of it, they deploy this robotic police officer, and they're like, he's unstoppable. <laughs> the first criminal is like, well, what if I shoot him? right in the mouth they're like well we hadn't thought of that <laughs> yeah that's that's his one weakness shoot him right in the right in the teeth <laughs> we'll there you shoot go. Him in the mo- sorry boss we didn't think about that um <laughs> <laughs> we purposely removed we removed the mouthpiece so you could kick out those killer lines they're just like listen we couldn't hear a goddamn word you were saying <laughs> are you supposed to enforce justice anyway um yeah i mean it sounds it sounds like the combat's uh, combat's a good one Combat's a good one. What else is going on in this game? I'm sorry, Andy. I know that we got uh, stuff to do here, but I I need to take a vicious aside here. Do I have your permission to make just like a a, a far right-hand turn? Uh, go ahead. Okay. So um, there was a film contest um, run oh, fuck. for people to reenact, <laughs> reshoot a classic scene in RoboCop. And it's a scene where RoboCop, uh, there's a girl being held hostage. RoboCop determines that the only safe uh, action with his computer brain, mind you, he puts this together, is to shoot this one guy, I believe in the arm or the shoulders, don't at me. But the other guy, the only move here is is he's got to shoot him right in the peeper. (laughs) And the, the special effects at the time really did land that a man may have just been shot in his Johnson. But the, the contest was like, listen... We believe that filmmaking has taken a, 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 a quantum leap forward, and it's one of you guys can do it better. Enter eight or nine entries that you can go watch. Uh, they're on the internet of different auteurs' visions of how this legendary RoboCop dick shot 
goes down. And I encourage you to go check it out. It looks like he, sunglasses, popped a boner. <laughs> no, uh, you've been thinking of puns this whole time, and I've not thought of oh, one. Man. I've not heard of one something word. About, something about, something about, <laughs> there's a nightstick joke in there, I feel like. There's a few. There's, I mean, there's really endless. We could have a whole, a whole spin-off okay. podcast, but I've okay. consumed too much CBD to think about that at the moment. We're going for, uh, for 26,000. Number 26,000. Lucky number 26. Delicious. What's your CBD safe word? Uh, it's a, it's just a light drooling. I could, that, you know what? That's tough. And y- y- you know, it's drooling as a matter of course, isn't a great safe word. <laughs> just because, you, you know, maybe that's just first. how you do it. I mean, you could be having yeah. a great time. Drool doesn't mean a bad time. I know some two year olds who would really sell this concept. So if you were to, let's, let's fucking take it away from your amateur cans movie contest that I believe you hosted in the basement with four other virgins in 11th grade. Got me. Got um, me. Got me one. <laughs> red-handed. Just filming dick shots. But, Freeze, um, dirtbag. <laughs> if, if you were to rapid fire off some of the, some of the stuff going on in this. Because, like, again, I'm trying to wrap my brain around it. I'm, I'm kind of sold on the Spider-Man thing. People are into it. I'm open to jumping into it even though I'm a Batman at heart. But, like, if you were to rapid fire some stuff that's going on in this game, what would it be? Uh, so like just a quick, couple quick thoughts. Um, difficulty seems to wildly oscillate. Like I've gone through the game using very few of the gadgets. I feel like I'm just whipping ace. I am, I consider myself pretty good. I'm pretty good at these types of games, but I would love for the gadgets to have better spots in the fight. And maybe that's my fault. Maybe I, cause I find when I flip the gadgets, I actually do worse. It stops. And maybe it's a, just a, an example of breaking up what's a beautiful, the beautiful rhythm to the fighting. Cause there's some beautiful rhythm to these fights. Yeah. I mean, that sounds, sounds obvious. Yes. Uh, I mean, uh, the game is, uh, pretty, it's well paced. I mean, um, uh, my criticisms are only of, of a game that's so good. You want more like the fact that oh. I can't land on the street and like, there's not more like you feel disconnected a little bit from what New York would be like if Spider-Man was in New York. That's only because it's so great. There's the, the, the actual opportunities. If they made it like, if it was like a combination of Spider-Man and Grand Theft Auto, do you know what I mean? Like, the yeah. world below, if it was given the amount of detail and was more... And, like, listen, I, that's impossible. Like, we're talking... The, the, there's so much to make Spider-Man perfect, and they did that. But, you know, you feel that disconnect a little bit, and that's just because you could do Spider-Man like GTA. You could put $5 billion more dollars into it, and it would continue to be fun. And I think that's a good, that's a good problem to have with, uh, with uh, um, you know, a piece of IP. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I mean, I feel like, you know, again, having limited knowledge about Spider-Man and the IP in general, but like, I feel like you can take Spider-Man and throw him in a city in an urban setting and he's instantly an interesting character to maneuver around that setting because he can do the ground game and the aerial game so, so well. He's not a, he's not a flying character. So there's some limitations to the way that he traverses, right? You know, he's very much still the kind of superhero that's bound by the laws of physics, which is cool. And so in a video game setting, yeah, I mean, a Grand Theft Auto style video game where you're also slinging around the city sounds great. So, the, so if I'm understanding it, then the, the ground level stuff is pretty limited. So you're not you're not spending a lot of time dodging between taxis and knocking over hot dog stands. 
Um, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't go that far. There are a, a lot of things that are happening on the street level, and that's not. I'm not really talking about that as a thing. There's even an achievement about swinging down low. You're picking up newspapers. Um, you are stopping muggings and stuff. That is happening. I, I guess I just mean to say, like, it's not a real life simulator down there. Do you know what I mean? Right. Like, it's it's it, it's what enough of what it needs to be. And I'm not saying the developers who have a limited time to make a game should have paid more attention to this because I think they put their attention in the right place. And that's Spidey in the world and the story, and that's all there. Um, I'll have to say, I have to say, the character models in this are some of the best I've seen. They they take a really great uh, approach to skin texture. Some of them, you're like, wait, did they free model this or is this after an actor? Like it looks like an actual face. Um, so wow. I mean, a huge applause there. Um, well, they also used some technology, I think, to do like so. I think they just a little bit of a sidebar, but I yeah. saw some technology online that they were using to render the buildings, so they can render the interior. Because like, you remember, like Grand Theft Auto, generally speaking, you're looking at windows that are a facade, right? They're not looking into anything. Yeah. My understanding is that they're rendering. So sorry, they're not actually rendering the inside of buildings. They're using some like interesting light trick um, from the in-game engine. I can't remember the name of the technology, hmm. but it's the, they generate light in the in-game engine that projects a 3D image on the inside of, for example, a condo building or an office building um, that makes it seem like it has depth and that there's people and items inside, but they're not actually rendering those many thousands of rooms. Uh, for the sake of act, you know, being able to display it on a on a modern machine, so it's cool. It seems like there's a little bit of technological wizardry that's going on in this thing, also. You're right, and the effect of that is interesting because I I remember seeing in a building, and your gamer question when you can see in a building, you're like, oh, there must be something here. This must be like they've taken right. the time to render it, and then as it's you one of those on, tells. Exactly. You know, it's the crack in the wall. It's the, you know, yeah, I can't see behind there and there's a shadow. That means I'm going back there. There's no two ways. And, um, you know, when you, it's one of those details that is beautiful because it's one that's barely noticed. And sometimes those are the best. Um, in a, in a, an example of that, there's not a lot of cats in GTA five, but if you shoot your your gun near a cat, it'll do a cat thing and run away, away from it. It's got some cat AI in there. Yeah, there you go, little little kitty AI. So, um, you know, is this uh, this this sounds like it's a real pass for you. It, it sounds like you're you're not interested in in, in returning. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to go ahead and smash it into dust. No, this one's good and it's got some replay. I mean, we didn't really touch on um, the the whole thing, but you know, beautiful costumes. I I was a little bit uh, skeptical about the white white on the spider suit, but it it works totally. I think it's gonna go down in uh, in the great Spidey suit canon. There's uh, access to some other great Spidey suits in here that look great. There's a film noir Spidey. They do uh, a, a cel-shaded rendering of a comic book version Spidey that looks great because it plays right through the cut scenes. The cut scenes are in, in engine. Nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, if, you know, you got a, a favorite, favorite Spidey suit. Um, you, you can probably look forward to seeing it. Andy, do you have any, any favorites off the top? I know you're not huge on, on the wall crawler. No, I mean, you know, I'll be honest with you. I'm not a I'm not a huge Spider-Man fan. I think Carnage looks like a badass motherfucker. I realize he's not he's not Spider-Man, but that 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 suit is sick. Venom, you know, also amazing. I think it's just in general, those two guys have way cooler suits than Spider-Man. 
So I feel like uh, I feel like I'm rooting for the bad guys on this one. You may change your mind, Andy, when you see a couple of these. Um, some personal favorites: the Iron Spider, which uh, is the suit to Tony uh, Tony Hawk. <laughs> uh, the Tony Stark. Uh, he gives him a skitching suit. The it's Iron all Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it, it, that, uh, and uh, Iron Man does give it to him in the comics Tony Stark of course um, uh, that's great also they did a deep cut from a great Elseworlds comic book which is what if the spirit of vengeance that possessed Ghost Rider instead picked uh, Peter Parker um, so it's the spirit spider uh, suit so think spider um, a man with a, a skull for a face that's on fire with blue fire uh, mixed with some white. I mean, it sounds amazing. No motorcycle is no deal, though, I think. Yeah, like, I mean, you could do it, but it would just be more trouble at that point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you, you, you got to wrap your you wrap your bike up before you go swinging. It's, it's just a real headache. It's a whole thing. It sounds like a real beauty, man. It sounds like a game that I would be open to jumping into, despite my, my lack of knowledge in this space. Uh, 420 friendly? Yeah, I mean, no complaints there, buddy. I, I think there's a certain zen peacefulness. If if you want to spend twenty or thirty minutes just swinging through the city and checking it out, I don't think you'd be you'd be wrong for doing it. You know, and that that sounds like the perfect kind of walkabout. Yeah, sounds pretty good. Well, Spider Man overall, feeling pretty good about it. All righty, dude. Well, we don't have a super huge amount of time, but I want to touch on a couple things. High Times came out with a uh, neat, neat little article here. How long does weed stay good for? How long? The answer to that weed is clearly forever. For? <laughs> I've got some old weed kicking around in my house, and I have every intention of smoking it. Um, but High Tide or High, well, oh my God, High Times, for example, has has said here that if it's properly harvested, dried, cured, and then stored. You can expect your weed to stay fresh for anywhere from six months to a year, which actually seems like less time than I would expect. It seems a little bit shocking, no? Hey, six months to a year. Uh, did they Were they talking about just storing it or is there freezing it in there? Because I feel like maybe it's closer to two years. Yeah, it feels like yeah, it feels like six months to a year is and like is that from the time in which it's harvested? Because you know, I, I I tend to purchase my weed a little further down the the value chain. Yeah, right? I'm I'm typically a little further downstream when I pick up my weed. Maybe it's been around for a month or two. Andy, that's um, and actually from planting time. Basically, you got a week with <laughs> yeah. this stuff, and then out of luck. And then it's just then it's just garbage. Well, I mean, apparently so. California just burned 350 million pounds of it. So, you know, clearly it goes bad at some point. It's no good um, anymore. No, no good. And it's true. Like, you know, so, so what High Times has to say about it is that, uh, you know, the chemicals that make marijuana special break down. They break down over time. The cannabinoids break down. The terpenes break down. And I've seen that before. Like, we've all had weed that you put in a jar, you can leave in a baggie, and you come back and it's like a little bit woodier than you want it to be. It loses some flavor. It loses some scent. It doesn't have a lot of taste. Um, and, you know, it might be a little bit acrid. Um, so, you know, I'm curious, is there is there anything you can do to kind of make it? Probably just like a well-sealed jar, I guess, is the best way, re- reducing exposure to air. Oxygen is always going to be a big part of it. I mean, uh, there are th- elements going to accelerate it. I think, broadly speaking, you can talk about um, oxygen, temperature, and, and light. Yeah, light's, light's the devil, right? Right. I mean, we've all seen that um, uh, barber who's had the same like haircut photo in the front uh, <laughs> since 1968, and it now looks like 
um, a former vessel of Satan, like things have just gone bad for this person. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know what you're talking about. I, that's, I typically always choose my haircuts off. You remember back in the day when you used to choose a haircut from a book? They'd like the barber would come over, he'd hand you a book, and he'd be like, "All right, all right, Jimmy, flip to the page that you want." And naturally, I'd always flip to the page of like the super psychotic concept haircut and my mother would promptly be like no no just give him a good schoolboy cut and that would be the end of that i was gonna say i went directly from whatever my mom said to whatever john stamos had at the time <laughs> that's a, that's pretty good man i went from uh, i went from exactly i went from the good schoolboy cut to growing my hair out into a, a pseudo helmet um of just just a hat of hair more of a, uh, a protective in my... interworking of fibers. Yeah, to shelter my young teenage ego. Uh, and straight from that into the shockingly handsome good man I am today. But yeah, I never actually ended up picking one of those cuts from the book. But they were very insistent that I pick a cut. I don't know if this is just a... Maybe I was going to the wrong barbers. The barbers, <laughs> but, like, they know. only taught me one to seven. <laughs> I should have known the place was called cut by numbers. It was, uh, it was a real dive, <laughs> but they <laughs> did have cigars and playboys everywhere. So, so it was all good in a long history. Oh, wow. Uh, I get it now in a long history of like, uh, just very clever mom moves. Um, I had a two fun uncle who, uh, loaded bombs and planes for the air force and had spiked hair. And when I saw this spiked hair, Andy, I knew that I need to have that spiked oh, hair, and I asked my no. mother for it, and rather than say no, she took me to the hairdressers and clearly hatched a plot, because he, I'm like, I'm, she's like, what do you want? And I'm like, I want the spiked hair. My mom gives the prearranged nod, and she's like, tries to do a bunch of things. She's like, I'm sorry, you just don't have hair that'll spike. I was like, no. She's like, sorry, this type of hair just won't do it. And I was like, well, you're the boss. <laughs> <laughs> and then I proceed to get like a boyish Peter Parker parted on the side oh, haircut. Man. And my mom's buddy, just... Buddy, that is a ninja move. I, buddy, I'm telling this story to somebody years and years later about when they're just like, you should do your hair like this. I'm like, my, my hair actually won't do that. And they're like, sorry, what? <laughs> 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 and I explained to them the experience and as I'm saying it you know when you're saying something and you're hearing it yeah. you're like you bamboozled me yeah it's like when your parents Boy. take you um, to Hawaii but they tell you it's Africa just to get some good laughs when it comes up at university and people are like Africa and they're talking about apartheid you're like I don't know they seemed happy <laughs> there's a lot of surfing going on Jesus Christ. <laughs> you had a fucking dark and misguided childhood. Holy shit. Uh, you know, sometimes you um, just got to spin the wheel. Yeah, sometimes you just got to roll the dice. No problem. No problem. We're at 30,000 milligrams of CBD, Dan. You're slowly I'm becoming to... more pliable as time goes on. I'm, I'm, feeling, I'm <sighs> feeling the shift. Oh, man. Let me, let's feeling test good. the waters. Feeling Andy, good. do you want to have a yodeling contest? I want to have a sleeping contest. He's, I want not, to sleep. he's not there yet, folks. Sleepy, sleep, sleep. Um, here's the here's the the uh, words from the mountain on high. Uh, smoking old weed won't kill you or make you sick. Check one for Andy. Um, the only exception is moldy marijuana. If your yeah. flowers have encountered too much moisture, they might get moldy. Totally feeling you on that one. Discolored spots, white fuzzy mold, smells like anything other than cannabis. Get it the fuck out. 
Couldn't agree with you more. I have thrown away some moldy weed in my time. Yep. Do not smoke that shit, friends. It's not worth it. Could definitely, yeah, that could fuck you right up. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, I think it's a touch and feel thing. I, I don't, I don't really buy six months to a year. I feel like that's, I don't know, like properly stored. I feel like you can get a decent amount longer than that. Maybe I'm crazy, you know. And I do buy, I, I literally, I buy weed a gram at a time, so it doesn't typically last that long. Um, but damn, if I, if I don't think that, wow, after one year, apparently weed loses roughly 16% of its THC. Gosh. That's, that's shocking. Mm, I'm so you're, you're, you know, you're, you're, you're fire, you know, ghost OG this time next year is, is pretty much, uh, it's pretty much a CBD kush. There you go. Um, Andy, you know, I got to say it. Some, some of my weed needs a timeout on the, on its potency. I'm like, yeah, it, it takes me to the moon. I'm like, you wait in there and, and you know what you did. I'll tell you when to come in. <laughs> yeah. Why don't you go ahead and just simmer down in the jar for a couple months and then we'll, we'll come back and talk after you're done. Yeah, I feel you, man, but we're a bunch of old ladies when it comes to this shit. So what do we know? Um, I got to tell you, I am super heartbroken about my switch because of this second game that is coming out known as hyper. In fact, it's come out already on September 8th. I want to, I want to say hyper light drifter. The special edition is or has landed on Switch to critical acclaim. Um, dude, have you played this on on Steam? Because this game's been out for about two years. It just made it to the Switch. Um, I've played a lot of games that sound like a neon, sorty run around action game. Which one is this? Because they're all pretty good. Yeah, no. So Hyperlight Drifter is okay. So in the vein of popular indie titles today, it's eight bit. It's got a really like bright and and digital looking color palette um it's a hack and slash kind of isometric game uh that looks to me of course in my in my uh, let's, let's call it today mainstream sensibilities but once upon a time this would be called an affectation for retro um it looks to me absolutely gorgeous and it's it's a game that's in the vein of dark souls so yep. it's a re- relentlessly difficult game that you know um isn't a roguelike, right? It's it's as I said, a Dark Souls esque kind of game um, that that comes at you with some serious difficulty and gives you an experience of hack and slash, um, you know, with the overworld of hidden paths, shortcuts, hidden right. areas, etc. Yeah. So it 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 looks incredible. Looks, I shouldn't. You know, let me let me dial in some superlatives. It looks like a real adventure, and adventure games in the vein of let's call it dark souls meets Zelda, which is what I, I think this is probably like, um, for me are few and far between. I don't, I don't get to enjoy those too often. So I I'm excited to play it when I get a switch back. Any plans on picking this one up? Andy, actually I reviewed this game. Um, Oh no, it's not that game. That's a different one. I have played this no. though. And this has a, like you say, it's like that eight uh, bit feel. And it's got elements of Zelda and Mega Man, um, you know, the Zelda isometric view. It's got, like, dashing and, and sword play. And like you say, uh, cruel enemies, a very specific color palette. And this this is fun and challenging. I have to say both. Um, I think you would enjoy it. Did you beat it? it or? I'm I, just judging by the progression of the pickups that I've gotten from my sword moves, I'd say I'm probably a quarter in at best. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this this seems ideally suited for the Switch too. So if you're playing it on if you're playing it on PC or whatever, you know, I feel like that's not the intended spot for a game like this. This this and what do I know? I've never actually taken the time to 
take a gamepad to a computer experience. Um, so maybe it's not such a big deal. But for me, this is an ideally played on the road kind of kind of game. So as soon as I get my Switch back, I'll be diving, or buy a new one, indeed. But let's avoid that. I'll be diving right back into that. That looks good to me. It's a yeah, a good a good uh, icebreaker, and you know what, Andy, you're the type of guy that gives someone switch back. So if anybody's gonna get it back, it's gonna be you, man. Oh, buddy, look, you've changed your tune, and I appreciate you. One like equals one prayer. One download, one prayer, my friend. You know how it goes. Just um, send us every for every prayer. Just send us one switch immediately, and Andy <laughs> will surely get his switch back. Yeah, if one person sends me a switch, then this whole thing will have worked. Um, buddy, I, I got it. So we start, we started out this podcast on an experimental journey to understand what happens when you eat a shitload of CBD and when you, uh, sublingually dose THC. And so how are you feeling? Let me touch in with you. I've gone all the way over the mountain. Uh, I've seen the glassy, beautiful peaks and I've, I've started to come down the other side and it's, it's nice. It's, uh, I feel mellow. I feel warm. Um, obviously I'm not, don't have any sort of my, I, my eyes aren't feeling like, you know, when you've, you've had maybe a couple, uh, doinks and your eyes kind of get a, like a soupy, I've smoked a lot feel. Yes. Uh, it's not present. Obviously it's fine on the throat, warm in my chest. And, um, I'd say, you know, it's a different experience than your, your normal white widow. For me, it's been a lot less heady, but, uh, right. it's been really deep in my body, but, um, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear other people's experiences on, um, you know, the oil, the sublingual oil. How does it hit you? Um, you know, what's your what's your experience of that? It's like, is it the closest? It's almost like it's like brownies without having to digest a brownie. It feels like. <laughs> Guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I tr- I've only tried oil in the form of CBD before, but I think it had like a small, uh, whatever, four to eight percent THC in there. So it was a low THC oil. But I found the whole thing made me feel really melty. Like mm. it felt, made my, my body feel really, um, it was just, it was a different feeling than smoking, right? It, it felt very, very physical, uh, not very heady. A body high would, I guess, be the, the way to describe it. It was very high CBD, so that's typical of that anyhow. But um, there was just a, it's just, yeah, just a different, not not up in your head almost at all, right? Right, yeah. And you know what? If I was right about to rise up against the bourgeoisie and the overclass because there wasn't enough bread around, you know, or whatever, I would probably leave that till tomorrow. <laughs> okay, hyper-specific. <laughs> Very good. Very good. <laughs> Karl Marx, everybody. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Wow. Um, I think it's probably accurate that I say I'm a little bit smirchy. And you did the kind of Spider-Man swing between mm. the buildings of like thought there. There was a good arc. I felt it. There was like zip. I'm feeling zip. I'm feeling zippy. Feeling not. Yeah. Um, Boy. Okay. Let's let's power through here. Streets of Rage Four was announced in a in a totally unexpected throwback to games that I played on the fucking Game Gear. Yep. Um, yeah. Streets of Rage Four is coming out. Thoughts? They've uh, done the thing where like, listen, these characters have aged. I'm like, prove it. And uh, the main uh, the main characters got like a big bushy beard now. And I don't know his name, but you know, it's something like Brett, like 
it's like a tough guy 80s action movie name. Sure. At, yeah, it might be Adam. He, he's wielding that mm, Ajax. Ajax. <laughs> it's Dutch. <laughs> uh, but that dude loved to swing pipe. You know, I mean that <laughs> that's a euphemism if I've ever heard one. But he that loves to swing his his uh, his pipe, and I actually love that about that game. I remember going and renting that for Genesis <laughs> actually, and uh, and I couldn't read all that well at the time. Um, you know, early nineties. Um, and for some reason, always mistook it for Streets of Rags. Mm. And so I, that's what I called that game for a long time. And I'd go to various blockbusters. These streets you know. could be better. Like, let's be honest. <laughs> let's be real. It's a real poverty simulator. And, you know, I'd go to various blockbusters because, you know, I was traveling my aunt's house or grandmother or whatever, uh, BC, Toronto, whatever. And so I was all over the place in my rentals, didn't have a usual spot. And it always left me with a good amount of consternation that I'd have to, like, repeat myself several times to get them to even help me find the title. And when they did, they just looked at me like I was insane. Streets of Rags, please, was the, was the query. Um, and no one ever corrected me. I was a young kid. It's kind of a dick move. <laughs> Someone be like, that's rage, son. Just rage. Maybe rags. they thought you were on a tip that they weren't. Like when somebody uh, like says something, you're like, did that guy just have a stroke or did he drop some hot new slang at me? You're like, that fish oh, is twisted. Yeah. You're like, are you having an aneurysm? Like streets of rags. He's like, later, he's like, man, he's like, you play any streets of rags? He's like, I don't get it. He's like, that's what I call streets of rage. You need to get up on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh man never thought of that till now it's kind of like your hair story but less dumb um <laughs> sorry <laughs> i mean i wish i had a good counterpunch to that but i mean it's that story is about being an idiot <laughs> like, yeah well you know and there's there's something like if i if that happened to me as a full-grown adult you'd be like oh like your head's soft somewhere but if you're eight you're like your brain just can't put it together that your mom would dupe you so nefariously and it's uh oh, you know what man. you re- you just respect it that's all you can do she she's played a hell of a game oh dude um, if my kids ever want a crazy haircut i'm totally going for, i'm pulling that playbook out you know it, dusting that shit off. Uh, we got a little bit of listener mail before we go into hey, uh, coma. Mailbag. <laughs> mailbag. Mailbag. Um, Jessica Austin. Thank you, Jessica, for rolling down and providing us with your full name. That's rare. Uh, hey, PDS squad. I Andy don't think dude. you should have Liter- said her full name on the air. <laughs> I think that's probably <laughs> counterindicated by the manual, buddy. <laughs> Everybody normally has like a crazy email address, like soup dude to the moon sixty nine. Love you, bro. At hotmail.com. I think you legitimately no have to go back and blank that out. Sorry, Jess. Um, yeah. we'll, we'll call you Twiggy. I know that's the your nickname that's in in the mailbox before Andy. Eddie. Sure, Twiggy. Yeah, there you go. Hey, Twiggy. So, Andy, dude, literally sounds like you read or need to read the instruction manual for your Yeti mic. LOL. <laughs> Throwing shade, throwing shade off the hop. Love it. <laughs> you're not, uh, Hi, biggest you're not supposed fan. to tip it uh, towards you. Oh, she attached, she attached a diagram for me. <laughs> I edit, so I didn't do this. It, it has a, the picture of the idiot Yeti on the right holding his microphone with just the top. No, no, I didn't do that. Um, also, did you guys see that Destiny 2 was slash is free on the PSN network for PS Plus people? Oh, 
that's that's some knowledge, right? I I spent seventy nine dollars for that game, and I'm am I I'm angry that it's free now. How about you, Dan? Uh, you took the words out of my mouth. I bought this game, and I'm like, well, at least if it turns good later, I'll be rewarded as an investor. And no, you won't be. Uh, and I actually hear that the new expansion is kind of playable, and that's what they're saying. They're like, hey, let's walk you up to this line. Maybe you'll buy the expansions up to the current expansion, which I believe is Forsaken. Um, yeah. Doesn't Forsaken King the old one? Oh, you might be right. I think it still might be Forsaken. And also, uh, but guys, this is only true if you um, are a PS Plus member during the month of September 2018, I guess we should say that. It right? is Forsaken, but isn't it Forsaken King? No, that's the, the old Taken one. Taken King. Yeah. Ah, yeah, there yeah. you Taken go. King, I, Taken King, there you go. When you said it. Yeah, so I, this like, is... I feel like a jazz announcer right now. Like, my voice has been impacted by the CBD. I feel like I want to go, a bebop, blue bop, the bebop day. Welcome what? to 93.1 Jazz FM. When they do surgery on your vocal cords, they actually put a, a, a relaxant into it to make it easier for them to work on them. And uh, it seems like you've replicated that chemical formula. Mm, uh, bebop blue. Yes, sir, you do. Um... Uh, Twiggy also goes on to say if you haven't already you guys should check out Borderlands 2 in the pre-sequel Borderlands 2 is one of the best couch co-op games still available and has a very high replayability I've been playing BL2 for about 6-7 to years and still find new things loot, oh easter eggs, there you go etc. It's been an easter eggy episode yeah there's been uh, talk about easter eggs and just about everything a smattering of hidden. In fact, go back and find them all. There's a list in the show notes. Yeah, it's an it's an Easter egg omelet. Uh, I gotta be. I gotta give a high five up to uh, to to girl here. Like this is uh, this is one of my favorite games. Wife and I play Borderlands two uh, on the regular. It's a great one, uh, and it is probably the the pinnacle of of PS uh, PS four couch co op. So high five on that one. Love you guys as always. You're hilarious and informative. Keep it up. I don't know about informative and or hilarious, but thank you so much for the love. Uh, PS, I'll buy Dank Dan a dance. There you go, buddy. If that's hey. not a solicitation, I don't know what is. Well, I got to tell you, Jessica, friend of the show, thank you for writing in. Um, keep them coming. Um, real sweetheart, that real, one. Real thank class you. act. Yep. Yes. Yes, sir. Thank you so much. Um, all right, dude. Let's let's get me to bed. Let's do <laughs> let's do that thing. Do I go? Do I go? I think I'm going to go another 5,000 milligrams. Just going <laughs> You know what this feels like? In there. Now, Andy, can I ask you, if these tasted like a little bit like um, fish oil mm. or like a mixture of eggs and spinach, oh. do you think you'd be at the, the gram count that you're at? <clears throat> Excuse me, what? Chewing. Um, no. <laughs> nope. Nope. <laughs> these taste like delicious fuzzy peach rings. If somebody told you, not that... There's no overdose <coughs> limit, but 10 will kill you. I think I would find you dead on the floor of the gay Lord Estates with no regrets. Like, it, the note wouldn't oh. say, I went too far, or, you know, what have I done? You, it would just say, worth it. Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of thing where if you're traveling abroad and your wife doesn't know the name of the resort that you're at and she's not familiar with it and she sees you on the evening news and it's a local man has been killed by CBD at the Gaylord Estate. She's thinking two things. Shit, my husband's dead. And second, there's a whole lot I didn't know about him. And it's all come out on this. 
with his disposable pen on this hotel pad. Uh, Bebop, Blue Bop Day. And we're going to go adjourn for the day. Scribble knots. Andy, you mentioned PlayStation 2. Did you know that since our last podcast, the PlayStation 2 has officially reached the end of its life with the repair window um, that Sony offers closing? You can no longer get your PlayStation professionally repair. It is officially out of its life cycle. No, I bet you there's still a dude down at the Chinese mall. Oh, and there always will be. But let us take this moment to salute the PlayStation 2, one of the finest consoles ever made. Uh, The PlayStation 4 has yet to outsell it. Just, it had an epic run. And uh, I will give it a rare Dank Dan salute. Thank you, PlayStation. We miss you. We'll we'll cut this in post, don't you worry. (laughs) Um, You know what I'm going to say? To that, I'm going to say uh, we should go ahead. Did you hear that, just on an unrelated note, did you hear that the, um, the what's the hell, what the hell's the name of that music festival everyone used to go to? Coachella? When we were much younger. No, dog. People are still going to that in droves. Uh, Vans, Vans Warp Tour. Warp, Warp Tour. Tour. So Warp Tour has had its last Warp Tour recently, which is surprising. Um, but it adjourned with, and I have to tell you, <laughs> the way that... Warp Tour went out was with a, a single dude standing on stage playing the Tony Hawk Pro Skater 3 soundtrack through a phone into a microphone on stage. And if that's not a class act, then I don't know what is. Was he on the bill or was he a surprise guest? No, he was on the bill. That was that was orchestrated. What's his name? Hold on. What's his name? Phony, phony Talk? That's enough of that. That's enough of that. AFI, we salute you. All right, dude, let's Andy, get the hell out of here. Did you hear my pun? I didn't. I was busy listening oh, to AFI. Oh, that's Go a ahead. really good pun. Was it? Was the guy's name who played his, the thing on the stage, was his name Phony Talk? Phony Talk. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, Dan. You're so much better than that. You're so much better than that. Listener questions or games you want to play. PurpleDungeonSquid at gmail.com. And... Please, if you know someone who's suffering from not enough dankness, point them in our direction. We'll make it okay. Or send me a switch, one of the two. Uh, Make sure you follow us on Instagram, at PurpleDungeonSquid. Until next time. Keep it dank, my friends. Fuck, I am high.